All right, this is your boy, the heel to seal the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, Mr. Rated R. And this is the Lucha Outsider Show, but we're doing things a little bit differently because I'm not here with Sammy Suplex or the old man Leo. Um, there, we're not doing it in this studio. I'm actually doing it in a car after GCW's Bloodsport 2 last night. Um, but I do have a special co-host. I've talked about him many episodes in the past, making his Lucha Outsider show debut. One of my best friends in the world, Mr. Kevin Alba. What's up, Luchas? <laughs> All right. So let's give you kind of a breakdown of what we're doing here. So we're going to record a little something. Obviously, we didn't do a show last week. Um, we should be back in studio, I want to say, maybe the 28th. That's before the New Japan show in the city. So most likely uh, we'll be back in studio to do a a podcast in studio. Um, And then next week is my birthday weekend. So we're not going to fucking do a show in studio. But we're going to... Sam and I are probably going to record a little something on the way to Queens, New York. Before uh, Shine and Evolve doubleheader. So... um, that's pretty much it. So that's kind of a breakdown of what we're doing. And we're going to try not to do shows on Sundays. And if we do shows on Sundays going forward early morning, because I got to watch my football, you know, Baltimore Ravens, we already got to win. So <laughs> I got to season. Exactly. So I, as much as I love wrestling, I love football too. So um, we attended last night GCW's Bloodsport. And it was the first time I ever attended a GCW show. Well, first of all, before we even break down GCW, Kev. Kind of tell me, tell the, the audience, the friends of the show, right? Your where did your wrestling fandom start, and like, what are you about, and you know, what are you into? Uh, I go back to the late '80s, early '90s with Hogan and Warrior, and all those over-the-top uh, characters. characters. Um, you know, my dad got me into it at the time. We used to, you know, watch Survivor Series and Mania and all that good shit. Um, I. I ducked out for a while and came back in, like, 98, the whole Stone Cold era. I was in middle school and, like... You had a dark period. I had a dark period. The whole thing was huge. Larger than life, the whole Austin thing. It was, like, the, it was like the second coming of Hogan again at that point. So I got back into it um, from 98 through, like, late 2002, early 2003. I started checking out again, which, you know, sucks considering that was the reemergence of Shawn Michaels. And now, like, thankfully with the WWE Network, I can go back... And catch those like seven or eight years I missed because then it wouldn't be until what was it like summer of 2010? I think we watched uh, SummerSlam at your house and that kind of like no, we I think it, I think it was either 08 or 09. Well, I watched a couple of events with yeah. you in between, but I think when I started getting back into it again was when Punk was a world champion. It was Punk, Cena, and Big Show. I think at SummerSlam or yeah. something like that. That was like my my way back in, and I've been kind of steady ever since. Not like you know like too too into it but like you know I follow it enough that I know what's going on watch the pay-per-views every month try to catch her on Smackdown every week so I'm very aware of what's going on right now do you because you know how like there's a stigma now with wrestling fans where it's like you're either a casual fan or you're a fucking smart mark do you feel like you're smart enough to know like maybe you're like a smart casual fan yes that's brilliantly put alright alright so what are your thoughts on AEW um think it's great i think it's the best thing in the wrestling world right now to have this something out there again an alternative uh like punk said in that one press conference it's like you can watch everything right now so like 
why complain or why try to throw dirt over something? Like, just embrace it all. Like, it's out there. Like, it feels good. Like, I came up in that era of, like, WWF, WCW, ECW, like, all at the same time. And it's like, I wanted to actively be involved in all three. I didn't want one to go under or one to, you know, be better than the other thing. I just wanted to have entertainment on all ends. And I think AEW is, like, the best thing going right now. Like, you know, like, obviously, I don't mean the best thing going. Is it in the, They're the best promotion. It but feels like, fresh. It feels fresh. It's like a new start. There's, you know, there's, there's fresh blood out there. Something different than what we're used to every week so i think i think the problem is especially with like wrestling culture well wrestling fan culture is that there's a bit there's a level of entitlement and there's also wrestling fans that are fickle and i definitely addressed that in one of our i think the last episode we did how wrestling fans are so fickle where they'll support certain someone or like they'll want one thing now and then the next day they don't want it anymore or they'll like like the last uh, AEW show, uh, All Out, right? Was it a perfect show? Show no, but I thought the show showed progression compared to Double or Nothing. Absolutely. And people were just nitpicking, like, "Oh, Jr. sucked the commentary. Oh, um, you know, the camera work wasn't that great." I'm like, "But compared to Double or Nothing, I think they showed a lot of improvement." Definitely. And we're, we're just living in this era where everybody just loves to bitch about something and. Have a voice out there. Just shut the fuck up and enjoy the product, you know? Just just stop. Just try looking for the positive. Stop trying to pick out every little negative along the way. It's just you're just a miserable person if you do that. Also, I think it just it just goes to show you how wrestling fans are so stupid. Like I did a post um I want to say like maybe 2 weeks ago how like listen, you like what you like. Like if you you like WWE, AEW, one of some of the other small promotions like MLW, Impact, um, if you still watch Ring of Honor, whatever you watch, right? You watch it. You watch what you like. Don't wish for a company to go down under or and that goes same for like the other like even AEW fans saying like oh we're gonna take Vince out of business. Like don't be that stupid. No. Don't be that stupid. Nobody's thinking Vince out of business anyway. Exactly. And if you're one of these fans, like. Like, oh, uh, there's people saying, like, oh, well, Jericho made it a war, so it's a war. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking fan. Like, enjoy being a wrestling fan. You're not part of this so-called war, which is not even a war, because you have actual friends and relations on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're one of these fucking marks, they're like, oh, well, Jericho made it a war. Well, they're talking about, like, shut up. You sound stupid. You sound idiotic having an attitude like that. So, um, okay, so you're definitely on board with the AEW yep. stuff. So, last night was per- was my first GCW show, Game Changer Wrestling, which was Bloodsport. It's not like some of the ultraviolet death matches they do. It's basically like MMA-based. And this is your first wrestling show in a while, right? Yeah, and that was actually my first like real introduction to MMA. I don't really follow any of that stuff, so it was like brand new territory for me. And, you know, it, there was this cross hybrid with pro wrestling in there and it was very unique interesting kind of situation i definitely found myself getting engaged more and more as the night went on it was one of these shows i honestly didn't know what to expect like part of me was like man like i know this is gonna be mma based but they're definitely gonna have a wrestling element to it like like the hybrid like we were saying before and i kind of didn't know what to expect because it's also gcw um but man the talent that was on on this card were legit athletes dude there were some badass motherfuckers and women on this card and i think the opener that started the show was great and you said only two or three of them were uh 
regular GCW wrestlers or a lot of star power. Yeah, um, Nick Gage, which he ended up fighting Killer Cross. Nick Gage is a, obviously he's like the face of GCW. Also, um, Chris Dickinson, which he was in the main event against Josh Barnett. He's a, a GCW regular. And I'm trying to think who might have been the other person that's a GCW regular that I can't think of. Uh, I know Jimmy Lloyd was walking around during the show. He's a GCW regular, but obviously he wasn't wrestling on the card. Um, he's definitely more of a death, he's a death match wrestler. But man, the show started out hot. Um, there's so, so much amazing talent in there. Um, I think the main card started with um, Anthony Henry and uh, Zachary Wentz, I believe. And Zachary Wentz is a guy that you look at him, he's a dude from the Rascals, you know, from Impact Wrestling and the Indies and stuff. And this is a guy that I would have never thought that this guy did MMA. And, um, dude, this guy started with a fucking running knee. It was like, what the Brutal. fuck? It was, just, it was like, it was like getting cracked over the head with a boiling pot of coffee. Like, sitting there as a fan watching it. I was just like, holy shit, did that just happen? Like, just hard hitting from the jump. It was just insanity. What I liked, and I ended up mentioning this to Josh later on in the night at the after party. One thing I did notice about the show was, was it was like a lot of mat wrestling, technical wrestling, stiff hits. Um, if you're into like chain wrestling and stuff, and that type of stuff, this is the type of show for you. Because there's a lot of mat wrestling, a lot of submissions, uh, a lot of catch wrestling. But they also make big moves matter. And what I mean by that is like... No knock at like New Japan or like MLW or or AEW or, or some of these indie promotions where they're doing like big moves like one after another. But when when it comes to blood sport in the in, in GCW, it's like a German su- suplex, right? That one German gets a fucking amazing reaction Huge. from Huge. Because you haven't seen 10 Germans during the show or, like, in the match. You know what I'm saying? And not knocking, like, you know, New Japan and some of these other promotions where you're getting consistently big moves because those get pops too. But, like, one thing I noticed about last night's show was, like, like even, like, uh, Harry, Davey Boy Smith versus um, um, Tom Lawler. When he hit that powerbomb at the end to knock him out, like, that made the whole crowd, like, blow yeah, up. Like, totally. the, like, the crowd just went nuts. So uh, that's one thing I noticed about the show. Um, we also had Allison K versus uh, Nicole Savoy, and man, these these two girls are destroying each Absolute other. Absolute highlight of the night, probably my second, my top or second favorite match of the night for sure. They definitely it, it's one of those it was one of those matches. Now keep in mind, since this show was like a hybrid between wrestling and, and MMA, definitely what I noticed about this match was at the end, like I don't know if there was like legit heat there. But uh, it seemed like there was a rift between the two of them for sure. And then even at the after party, um, you had Allison K uh, hanging out with you know with with fans and some of the town with uh, Lindsay Snow, which she was in one of the preliminary matches. And there was no sign of Nicole Savoy no anywhere. Yeah. And Nicole Savoy, she was um, if, for those that don't know who Nicole Savoy is, I, I believe she's a a Shimmer regular, and she was also in the All Out uh, Battle Royal. Yeah, so that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. So that match was really, really good. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else happened last night. There was there was a lot of big matches. I think the biggest news coming out of this show was um, 
after the the Killer Cross and uh, Nick Gage match. Well, first of all, let's talk about the match. So during the match, like Nick Gage got one of the biggest pops of the night, and this is my first time. I've known who Nick Gage is, but this is my first time, pretty much, experience the the do live. Now, for those that are not familiar with Nick Gage or like heard of the guy and maybe never seen him live, I I think the best way to describe him is like Sandman, maybe mixed with like New Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, that's the type of like like stigma he. He, yep. You know, he has, especially when he comes out. Like, the fans go nuts. Um, he definitely goes to the crowd and, you know, uh, MDK gang. You know, like, he, he's he's a nut. He's a, he's a, he looks like a nut. Totally. Looks, totally looks like a nut. dude that you wouldn't want to, like, get into some shit with. And Killer Cross came out first. He got a pretty good pop. And I, if you're following, like, the dirt sheets and everything that's going on with Killer Cross, uh, you know, he's in a tough situation right now with Impact Wrestling. Um... Incredible, nice guy. Uh, the dude's a fucking star. I, I hope that everything gets figured out between him and Impact. And, you know, the dude deserves the best because the dude's a star. So he got a pretty good pop. But not compared to Nick Gage because Nick Gage got the biggest pop of the night. Blew the roof off the place. And I really didn't know what was going to happen for this match because... Nick Gage is a deathmatch wrestler. Yeah, I know he was in prison and stuff, but the dude is a deathmatch wrestler. And you got a guy like Killer Cross, he's built like a fucking horse. And he has like a jujitsu background and he's just a fucking badass. So you have a legit athlete versus a guy that's like a what, a street fighter? Yep. So they, they, uh, Nick Gage went after Killer Cross and Killer Cross instantly took him down and, and they traded blows here and there and pretty quick match for the most part. I think that was the quickest match of the night and Killer Cross rightfully so went over. And the crowd just fucking shit on him. Yeah. So I'm like let's be honest here. You have a legit athlete versus a brawler that this ain't his thing. He's a he's a deathmatch wrestler. If this was a deathmatch wrestling style match then I, I could see why Negate should go over. But this is like submissions, fucking, uh, it's, it's, it's chain wrestling, it's, it's catch wrestling. This is what you're getting here. Like, of course Killer Cross is going to go over. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, Nick Gage ended up attacking the ref. Uh, there was a, there was a handshake between Killer Cross and Nick Gage. And then Nick Gage headed to the back. So, after the match, Killer Cross got the mic and, uh, a free Killer Cross chant started. This led to uh, Killer Cross cutting a promo, which he ended up, which is a, I couldn't believe that this happened. The dude ended up calling out Batista. Right? And it's like, I ended up looking at you, everybody was looking at each other, and it just kind of led to a Batista chant, and Killer Cross, like, emphasized the fact that he's not trying to use Batista's name to make a name out of himself. He's not trying to, like, troll him or troll anybody. He just says, like, these fans love you and and they want to see you here at at Bloodsport. And, man, that just got, like, everybody talking. Like, what if GCW could book Batista Mm -hmm. for this style of, like, you know, match? be a huge, huge draw for sure. And, you know, obviously they're on the fight app. GCW's on the fight app. But you know what? If they get a name like Batista, I think they could do a pay-per-view. Like, on, on regular pay-per-view. I think they could, you know, 
get some money out of it. And you still got Moxley and Barnett waiting in the wings, which is supposed to happen this weekend. So you book a double main event like that, I think for sure you got yourself a regular pay-per-view. Yeah, um, after, uh, you know, we, we also, the main event was after uh, Josh Barnett against Chris Dickinson. And Chris Dickinson is a guy that, he's a, a Northeast regular. He's big in New York. Um, this is a guy that I, I remember seeing him, like, in fucking Rawway Rec Center, um, obviously I've seen him tons of times in Evolve, uh, dude's a great wrestler, and, um, you know, he kind of filled in that spot against John Moxley, and, uh, you know, for John Moxley, you know, so John Moxley went out with injury, and, you know, the match was good, the, the match about, with Josh Barnett and Chris Dickinson is one of those matches when you're watching it, and you're like, okay, all right, and then as the match progressed, it just got better, it won't, it was, it's one of those matches, like, you gotta give it time to be good. Like if you were to watch on TV, like I'm, I'm sure, like within the first couple of minutes, you're like, ah, whatever. But as the match progressed, it really, really definitely got good. A momentum builder. Yeah, sure. definitely. And um, you know, uh, Josh Barnett went over. One thing I will say about the whole card is they were laying these shots in. They were. They they were very, very stiff. And in some of these cases, like. You're like, dude, fucking knock them out. Yeah, totally. In some of these fucking matches, and um, when after the main event, uh, Chris Dickinson cut an amazing promo, uh, saying that you know Josh Barnett was one of his childhood heroes growing up, uh, saying that it was an honor getting in the ring with him. Um, he put over uh, GCW as a company for doing this uh, hybrid style show. This is uh, the third one of, of its uh, of its brand because the first one obviously Matt Riddle and then Matt Riddle got signed with uh, WWE and then uh, I they wanted to continue the Bloodsport brand and uh, Josh Burnett you know put his name on the brand and you know you have the, your second Bloodsport and it, it's it's becoming a thing now it's becoming it's legit becoming its own brand within GCW within the GCW moniker it's legit becoming its own brand. Which, which is a great thing, you know, for, for wrestling fans, for MMA fans, and it's a hybrid. That's pretty much what you're getting out of this show. It's a hybrid. Um, so after Chris Dickinson, you know, uh, cut his promo, Josh Barnett got in the mic, and, you know, first of all, the fans were so good last night, you know, very respectful for all the competitors. Um, I think the only one that really got, like, legit heat was Simon Gotch. Totally. They, they just... They just ran him out of the building. He, he just could not catch a break, that guy. And Simon Gotch ended up uh, uh, fighting uh, Santino. And, um, yo, Santino, Santino, he looked, in, he looked in better shape than he was in the WWE. Absolutely. Um, and he got a, a please come back chance. But um, at the end of the show, Josh Burnett uh, cut a promo just thanking the fans and saying that, you know, Bloodsport is for us. He uh, praised Chris Dickinson. And he mentioned John Moxley how uh, John Moxley and, and Josh had a conversation. John Moxley gave him his word that we're gonna make this match happen, which uh, led to some douchebag in the crowd saying "fuck Moxley," which and, the, yeah. the crowd ended up tearing him up. Tearing him worse than Simon Gotch, put it <laughs> that way. Yeah, it was like it led to booze, and then I kind of you know chimed in with saying "fuck that guy," and that led that to broke a, out. that yeah. ended up breaking out, and then Josh Barnett tried to take the heat off the guy, and was like, "He know he fucked up." Um, but uh, Josh Barnett put uh, Moxie over, saying that it's gonna match, it's gonna the match will happen. So just like Kev was saying earlier, you know, if you have a double main event where it's Batista and Killer Cross on 
the, the, the main event, and then you have the semi-main, which is Josh Barnett and, and, and uh, Moxley. And that's going to put a lot of eyes on your product that aren't watching it right now or even know about this. Just those two names alone, you're going to have a whole new fan base coming in from that. I agree. And, um, you know, uh, Josh Barnett even, like, he, he said, like, listen, we're here to, you know, we're not trying to take talent away from companies. We're here to work with other companies. We just want to showcase something different. And he, without mentioning any, like, company names, he was saying, like, if there's a talent that's booked for the show and then they get pulled off because their company doesn't want them to do the show, you let your voice be heard and attack them saying, like, why isn't this this uh, talent being booked for Bloodsport? So he definitely emphasized that, basically saying, like, maybe uh, there might be some... Um, um, AEW pushback. Yeah, possibly. saying like maybe AEW doesn't want Moxie to do it. But I think Moxley has some pull where he'll be able to do this show, especially if this is something that he was already booked at. He's committed to it already, and you know the injury took him away from it. Otherwise, it would have gone down last night. So it's only right that they make it up at this point. Yeah, man. I'm definitely excited to see the future of Bloodsport. And I think we both agree that this is something we want to go eventually, you know, not only the Bloodsport brand, but, you know, maybe attend the GCW yeah, show absolutely. somewhere down the line, right? crazy fucking death matches i've never witnessed one in my life so i never witnessed a death match in my life either uh live so uh i'm curious to see how that is live um so there was an after party um after the show at uh what was it surf city yeah surf surf surf, surf bar yeah. Surf, yeah. City? surf bar i think um so they had a little after party there um after we grabbed a, a bite to eat at this great uh japanese place um the food was amazing, there, oh, by the way. Oh, man. That's some of the best food I've ever had, Japanese-wise. Japanese so we had some food, and then um, we attended uh, the, the after party. And, man, you know, talent was just, like, roaming around, just hanging out with... Hanging out. Just, like, hanging out with your friends. It was pretty cool. Um, I got to talk to Harry for a bit. Um, you know, Harry Smith, uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. Got to talk to him a bit. He was telling me... I forgot to mention this to you last night. He was telling me that... He had a fucking sprained ankle. And he showed me a picture of it. And he was like, yo, this was like two days ago. And his ankle looked the size of a fucking rock. Wow. So he was like, you wouldn't, like, this ain't a, he's like, this ain't a work. And he showed me pictures. I was like, holy shit. So I was talking to Harry. And uh, he said that he put a lot of pressure on himself with the, in the Tom Lawler match. Because he feel like, because of uh, his ankle being, like, fucked up, he thought that his performance wasn't going to be good. But I told him, like, no, dude, you killed it. He, he definitely killed it uh, with Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler wasn't around. Um, maybe he had to catch an early flight or whatever. But uh, Zachary Wentz from the Rascals was there. Um, he was looking for weed. <laughs> he was definitely looking for some pot. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd was literally wandering around the whole night, both at the show and at the after party. Um, who else? Nick Gage was around, too. Nick Gage was, you know, uh, talking to fans or whatever. Uh, Allison Kay. And also, um, Lindsay Snow, they were both, uh, both sweet as hell, talking to fans, just having drinks, um, I had a nice conversation with Killer Cross, this is a dude, you know, um, that's going through a lot right now due to the, the impact dispute, um, so Kev, if you don't know, I think I mentioned to you a little bit, so, uh, Killer Cross a couple months ago, um, he's under contract with Impact Wrestling, I think his contract is up in 2020, so, he asked for a raise and then I think the raise wasn't good enough and it, it, that led to like a back and forth dispute and then um, something happened 
at Slammiversary, if I'm not mistaken, which was one of their last pay-per-views, where uh, he was supposed to do a blade job, but he told Impact Management that he didn't want to do the blade job because he had wrestled a show like a day or two before, and there was like um, there was like something out there that he didn't want to he didn't want to blade because he didn't want to uh, he was afraid. That he might have um, something to do with like blood disease, not hepatitis or anything like that, right. but something down those lines. So then that led to a back and forth. So then, Killer Cross is claiming that they didn't have medical staff. Impact saying that there was medical staff there, and he ended up like you know having work blood. And then ever since that show, he just hasn't been booked with Impact Wrestling, but he's still under contract. Um, tonight, there's actually going to be a Triple A show in New York, which I'm going to be attending, and Killer Cross was originally. Supposed to be booked on the show, and then Ed Norholm, which is the 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 president of uh, Impact Wrestling, and also the owner of Anthem, he made some phone calls and got him taken out of the Oof. the fucking uh, the show. So there's definitely some bad stuff there, and relations I, are not tidy. It's not good, man, and and I feel bad for the guy because the dude, one, he's a awesome dude, nice guy, and two, um, you know, he is a star. He does deserves to get paid so hopefully it all works out for him and you know whether he does patch things up with impact wrestling or he ends up granted his release hopefully he goes to like AEW. i think he even do would do good at nxt or wwe because the dude he's a monster you know what i'm saying yeah. so hopefully or even in new japan i think he'll be a beast in new japan also so hopefully uh everything will work out with killer cross it's funny because when um you went upstairs real quick um I was talking to Killer Cross and he was just, he looked, uh, he was like, man, I need some food. And, and there was so much chaos happening at the bar. I was like, you know, I might help you out in the food department. He was like, yeah. So I was like, there's actually a couple restaurants down, down the, the boardwalk where they're open to 2 a.m. He's like, really? So I pointed him to the direction of the Japanese restaurant nice. we went to. So he was like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I'm getting hungry thinking about that place again. I know. <laughs> so shout outs to Killer Cross, man. Um, so yeah. At the after party, uh, you know, we're hanging out with a whole bunch of talent, and I got to um, chat it up with Josh Barnett for a bit. And first of all, the dude is fucking awesome. He's a badass motherfucker, Josh Barnett. And we were talking, and I was asking him. Um, first of all, I was praising him for the show. It was my first GCW show, my first blood sports show, and. You know, just praising for the show. The show was amazing. And then um, we were talking about the future of the brand. And shout-outs to Keith and Tracy. They, um, they're they friends of ours, uh, friends of the show, and they attend the show. But they actually attended the press conference the day before. And it was like a Q&A where you could, you know, ask questions or whatever. And then I asked Keith. I was like, hey, Keith, anybody ask them if they were considering, like, a championship for her? And he was like, yo, that was a good question, but nobody ever asked it. So I was like, yo, let me shoot my shot here. Let me ask Josh Burnett this question. So I was like, hey, Josh, so um, is there any chance, you know, the more that you get some shows in, is there any chance of maybe having a blood sport championship? So he kind of just looked at me and he started nodding his head. And he was like, you know what? That's something that we've talked about. We definitely want to get some more shows in the can. But um, I'm very intrigued by the idea of having a Bloodsport Championship. So somewhere down the line, you never know. We might get a Bloodsport Championship for uh, for GCW, which I think will be great. Because this is his own brand. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's something different. Um, so overall, I think the show was great. Um, 
I recommend you guys to go check it out on the Fight app if you haven't uh, done so, if you haven't uh, watched it live. Um, this is a, if you're into catch wrestling, chain wrestling, submissions, MMA, um, this is definitely the hybrid of both. So uh, I highly recommend you guys uh, checking out GCW's Bloodsport. And shout out to all the talent. You guys did an amazing job. So now that we're done talking about GCW, let's talk about really quick some of the current stuff that's happening now. Um, I think one of the biggest, uh, at least in the WWE world, what's going on is um, this quote-unquote Bailey turn that we got. All right, tonight's Clash of Champions. We're not going to do a full, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, predictions show here because obviously this show is a little bit different. But um, what do you feel about the Bailey turn? I like it. I thought for sure they were going to make her like a female Cena that never goes bad and never stops, you know, being that goody goody girl and you know it kind of kind of took me by surprise i'm i'm happy about it i support it and i think it can only lead to good things right now very needed so i i have mixed feelings about it i think initially i was excited because i'm like wow he's she's beating the shit out of becky right and and you know now she has an a, a alliance with with sasha which they accomplished that that raw where she turned great i loved it but i feel like you had something there. You finally have some interest back on Bailey because, let's be honest here, the past couple months, she's been getting booze. She's been kind of a forgotten champion because the inches is all on Becky. Yeah. So, you have something here. The spark lit off for Bailey, but I feel like they didn't capitalize on it because there's been no change with the character. I if if she's heel, right? We need to see the change of a character we don't need to see her come out with the same song with the fucking inflatable yeah yeah that, that's true you gotta make it a little darker you gotta change things up a bit it's still a little too in between right now and mixed mixed signals i guess you could say and i feel like now you know if even if you watch this piece this week's smackdown it's like it's like what are they doing with her like you know she had like a mediocre backstage promo with fucking um ember moon and it's like she's still trying to play like this kind of sort of nice character but you know she does like scumbag things like i guess that's the best way to put it but like the character hasn't changed so until the character changed i feel like ultimately this was kind of a fail because you didn't like you didn't like hit it like when the momentum was at its high with bailey I think there should have been a character change, you yeah, know? Definitely. I missed SmackDown the past two weeks. I missed those segments. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound too good, man. Definitely not. It, it definitely doesn't. Um, also, on the on the WWE end, um, we got the return of Stone Cold once again on Raw. I thought, first of all, I think... Killer segment. Killer. I think out of all the talent in on Raw this past week, I think the, the person that got the biggest rub was AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Because he took not one but two stunners from Austin that night. And, you know, not only did, obviously, he was left, you know, you know, like, laying down and shit. But, like, he, Austin definitely put him over. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, it made me laugh. Like, I was just cracking up the back and forth between AJ and Steve. Because, like, there was moments where AJ would be like, why don't you shut up, Steve? He was like, hey, Steve, I think you're an asshole. Like, I think you're the real asshole. Like, there was just 
Love the use of the word asshole, by the way, with no bleeps or interference or anything. So Raw is definitely uh, attituding it up a little bit. One thing I wanted to praise AJ too is like you know people try to criticize him sometimes for not necessarily cutting the great great promos all in all, but man, you gotta give him credit. He's doing an incredible job playing a heel because when he came out, he was getting cheered, and he turned that crowd. Yeah, he, he turned them just like that. He turned them just like that. So I think he's doing an incredible job, man. And I don't know, man. I think like when AJ's a heel, he's kind of a, of his a, in his comfort zone. Like granted, he's like. He's such a baby face when he's a baby face. Like, you want to just love the guy because the dude's amazing in the ring. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when he's a heel, he's in his comfort zone. Just a natural. He's, he's definitely a natural. And I definitely love the back and forth between um, AJ and Austin. It, it's just great. And, and I, like I said, like I said um, earlier just now, that uh, I think that out of all the people that got over on Monday Night Raw, I think it was AJ when it came to the Austin uh, rub. Also, one thing I noticed about Austin coming out, and I don't know if you feel the same way. Austin has been retired since 03, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been retired since 03. He obviously did the GM role, the, you know, um, the co-GM with Eric Bischoff, you know, the year after that, which he would occasionally stunner people or whatever. But he's been literally out of wrestling, like wrestling, having a match since 03. And we're now in 2019, and the dude gets a ridiculous fucking pop. I'll, I'll I'll never not pop when I hear that glass shatter. That's just that just it's just everything. Do you feel like maybe since Cena, we have yet to have a star get like pops like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cena, he's just too much of that good guy. Where Austin's like that good guy badass there's just something you know that there's just so much more to love there it's just something I could so, definitely throw CM Punk in there yeah, too CM true, Punk definitely true. got pops like that but, but man it's just you know it's kind of I feel like also like bringing some of these legends back it kind of shows you like okay here's our over the top superstars and then here's our regular talent mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like and I'm not saying some of these towns can't be over the top, but I think it also has to do with their booking. Yeah. Their booking has a booking lot to do everything. with it. Their booking has a lot to do with it. And it just goes to show you seeing Austin, like the dude hasn't been in the ring since 03. The dude gets like a fucking crazy pop. Huge. On the on the flip side of that, we get um Undertaker on SmackDown, and I'm being very critical on Undertaker and and on the show. And it's like Taker just came out, cut a promo that, quite honestly, was meaningless. I, you know, most are nowadays. And uh, Sami Zayn came out just to get some cheap heat, and then he just got choke slam. And hey, uh, choke slam didn't look that good either. So, uh, just being honest here, just being honest here. Uh, I feel that my issue with Taker is, and it has nothing to do with Taker. It is more to do with the company. They. Overuse him so much When he comes out It means nothing No That doesn't mean that People won't pop But then when you look at Hindsight 2020 You're like Do we really need Undertaker And that 75 minute entrance Versus the 30 seconds Or whatever he's gonna do In the ring It's just not even worth it anymore Yeah Yeah I, I'm at the same boat As you You know Granted he had a really good tag match At Extreme Rules He did He did And I was there live 
Um, listen, he's always going to get a pop no matter what because he's a legend. He's Undertaker. But, you know, you got to, like, take away. You got to get away from being a fan and just look at it like, did we really need Taker there? You know what I'm saying? Like, did we really need him to have, like, these meaningless matches too? So that's where I stand by it. This is something that I've stressed enough in past episodes. But uh, that's something that, that I don't know. It just, it just leaves me like uh, it's like a head scratcher, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, where, um, where do you, where do you think, um, after AEW debuts on TNT, where do you think they go forward with this? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think any, what do you think, uh, what storylines are going to be progressed? I'm just just looking forward to them to start laying down storylines and follow, because, like, some of these whiners and complainers on the internet are just like, oh, well, they're just in a event show with no story. But it's like, it's like, I'm telling There's you. There's been no like, TV. Exactly. They're just showcasing their talent to you. They gave you two pay-per-views for free. They put on two much bigger ones. And they're just like letting you know what you're in for. Like, give them a chance to roll out and let's see what they're capable of. Don't just judge them saying like, oh, they just throw these grudge matches together that mean nothing because there's no build-up. There's no TV yet, but they're giving you a preview of what's to come. And like... I think everybody's aware of just how much talent is on that roster. So let's just see where they go from here and, you know, give them their their, their fair shot to lay down some great storylines. And, and I've said on the podcast, too, like, you know, and we want AEW to win. We want AEW to succeed. And we're, we're going to definitely crit, crit, critique them when they do. You know, we're not going to say everything's peaches and cream. We're not going to say everything's perfect. We've critiqued them and say when something's not that good. Like, double or nothing overall was a good show they definitely had their hiccups on the show okay then you had um fighter fest i thought top to bottom that was a great show mm-hmm. which was one of their b-side shows right fight for the fallen to me was their worst worst show they've ever put out and it's just i i something about fight for the fallen i just didn't get intrigued as much as the other three shows and i think all out all all in all was their best show they put out by far and people want to compare them to WWE. I'm like, WWE's already established. They've been doing this for fucking decades already. AEW's a brand new fucking company. Let's wait till they get into weekly TV. Let's see these storylines progress. Like, people are so down at AEW like, oh, well, they, they just haven't gotten me to connect. They don't have a fucking TV show. So give them a fucking chance. Give them time. Give them time. These same people are going to be blowing the company like six months from now. I guarantee it. Exactly. And, and there's nothing wrong with watching both shows on Wednesday or watching one on DVR, like, the next day. There's nothing wrong with You can support both companies. Mm-hmm. Nobody's telling you you have to you draw have to the line. Sides. Exactly. Like I said earlier, if you're one of these fucking Mars that think that this is a fucking war and you're going to be part of the war, you're a fucking Mark. You're a fan. Be a fucking wrestling fan. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Easy as that. Easy as that. Um... I was telling you earlier that uh, shout outs to Sam. Sam and I are actually going to go to uh, Full Gear, which is their uh, November pay per view. Yeah, November, November November pay per view in Baltimore. So we'll be uh, checking that out um, next week. We got Shining involving Queens, and then we got New Japan on the twenty eighth at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So we got a lot of fucking wrestling on the way. Um, last night was how many shows for you this year? Last night was show sixteen. Nice. I'm definitely down <laughs> compared to um, I'm definitely down compared to last year. I think last year around this time I was like at twenty something shows, and I'm definitely down. But uh, we'll see how the the year continues. On uh, one last thing before we wrap up, 
which happened last night, and I feel like we have to address it. Let's talk about. Um, actually, we're gonna address two more things. So let's talk about um, WrestlePro, which is a Jersey promotion. Um, they're based out of the Rawway Rec Center, and they definitely do shows in New York and stuff. Um, apparently, Big Cass had like a fucking uh, incident or something. Uh, the dude, people are thinking that he might have been on drugs or something. Uh, the dude was being obnoxious backstage. He got into like a uh, a little a little. A little something with Joey Janela due to the Enzo Mori Joey Janela thing at the Blink 182 concert a couple months ago. Uh, so they got into it, and then uh, Kevin Matthews and Dan Moff got uh, try to fucking settle things down, and then he Big Cass was just acting acting up and just being loud and being disrespectful and accusing people that somebody took a sweater or something, and then. Pat Buck, congratulations to Pat Buck. He just uh, he's an agent now for WWE, which he's the uh, the owner of Wrestle Pro. So uh, he'll be like l- leaving his du- duties from Wrestle Pro just to be on on the road with WWE. Um, this was his farewell uh, show up in Rawway. So um, apparently, Big Cass got in Pat Buck's face, and Pat Buck laid him out. <laughs> he laid him out, and um, yeah, dude, uh, you know. Rod- the thing is, Rawway Rec Center is literally right next to the police station. Right. right. So there's cops so connected. Exactly. So there's cops there all the fucking time. So um, apparently, uh, Cass was like for most of the show was outside with cops around them, and apparently he was saying shit like he wanted to do things to himself, and they started searching his car. So uh, it looks like Big Cass, you know, he's still not there yet. No, definitely not. And been all this talk about him coming back and being in negotiation with WWE. He might have just blew all that based on last night alone. I mean, can't can't bring that a radical kind of behavior in there. It's not a good look at all. Um, you know, I, I said in past shows I'm not the biggest Enzo and Cass fan. Um, never was a really big fan of them in NXT either. Um, I know people were like super like crazy about them you know they were great talkers or whatever but let's be honest here they weren't uh the best workers especially not enzo and Cass was okay at best but um you know it does seem like big Cass does have some issues still Cass's best moment was his last match with daniel bryan that was his first sign of like major tv i agree i definitely agree i definitely agree with that um you know uh not uh a fan of them but uh when it comes to big Cass, at least you know it's definitely seems like he has some issues still lingering uh with him so i, I do hope he seeks out help uh, you know even though i'm not a fan of the guy i don't want to see the guy like end up doing something stupid you know mm-hmm. so uh hopefully he get he definitely gets some help or whatever and the last thing i wanted to talk about can we just say that chris jericho is like the best of all time is he the greatest of all time by far the dude gets anything over like a little bit of the bubbly all right he loses a fucking belt, and he fucking makes it. He, he somehow takes that and to his own advantage and makes something out of it. It's, it's huge right now. It's brilliant. I know people. Some people, and, I, and I'm sure you've seen this online too, Kev. There's a lot of people that were bitching and moaning about Jericho winning the world title. How? Why would you bitch him on? He he he's le- he's making the title legit. Yeah, you can't just put the belt on a on a baby face like that. You got to have that build up. Maybe a couple months down the line, revisit it with Hangman Page, and then it's like, boom, the crowd's connected and engaged with him now, and it makes more sense than just throwing the belt on this guy. Rather and like you know, at least we know Jericho, and like that's a name that we know, and now like you could build Page even more to this much wider audience that he's not used to. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and Hangman Page didn't lose anything from lose, taking that loss no from way. Jericho. If anything, it built him up. So, um, man, Chris Jericho's a, a, a fucking guy. He, he's honestly the greatest of all time. I think with everything he does, I think you have to talk, put him in the conversation with the Rocks and Stone Coles. You have to put him up in the conversation. Because the dude... The dude's only getting better with age. And he beat both of them in one night to be the first ever undisputed champion. <laughs> there you go. Um, Kevin, thank you for doing this show yeah, with man. me. Absolutely. Um, hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast somewhere down the line. Um, kind of just tell the friends of the show where people can find you. and you know. uh, We're working on a podcast right now. Me and my buddy Rich Catino. You're involved in this too. The Metal Asylum podcast. We're a huge metalhead. So uh, that's going to be rolling out soon. So you can definitely look forward to that. Uh, we got the metalasylum.net Facebook page so you can find us on there alright and your any social media you don't want to plug your Instagram or are you good with no, that no that's good alright cool 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 um you can find me at Rated R since 87 uh but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere um Instagram Facebook and the Twitter um I guess I'll do Leo's plugs cause he's on, on the show you can find uh find Leo at showfubuleo and also losredo.com um, if you have an idea for a podcast, if you're a DJ, if you're, um, you know, just somewhere in, you know, blogging or vlogging, one or the other, um, send uh, Leo an email at Los Radio um, or, hit, or send him a DM and he'll set you up. Also, uh, shout out to Sammy. You can find him at Sammy Suplex. Um, and if you see us around in Queens next week, um, you know, say what's up to us. You know, we always like to chat it up about wrestling and that's about it guys so um thanks for tuning into this weird episode you know because we normally don't have we normally have our drops and our outro and stuff maybe leo will add an intro something or or some gimmick in the beginning of the show so you wouldn't just directly hear me talking but uh you know enjoy the rest of your week and keep it rated r and stay too sweet people